0: Back to the Y Hockey periodical. Wait, I'm doing the intro? I wasn't prepared to say anything. <laughs> of course you weren't, because you normally do these intros.
1: Exactly.
0: Isn't that, but it's a, it's a new. I thing. was sitting back. I was drinking my beer. I uh, it's a new season. That's why we're. No, we're kidding. Uh, yes, it is a new season. If you could believe it, that means training camp is starting in days. And Tommy and I were just talking about how there's a Panthers preseason game on television a week from now. Which is amazing. Right, is that the first time I've ever? It probably is the first time I've ever watched a Panthers preseason game live.
1: Yeah, unfortunately, they do nothing to really show it. I mean, it's two thousand and 19. something teen, and you know, but the last couple of years they have easily could have showed some games on YouTube and stuff. And I think it was last year they maybe put one of the like the rookie camp games on YouTube finally. Um, but I think that was really it. And I, they don't do any of the rookie camp tournaments, so you don't get a chance to see any of those type of games on TV because sometimes they'll show, like, Traverse City or, um, you know, they showed one in, like, Nashville or I forget where it was, somewhere else.
0: I mean, they're hard to find, but, I'm, again, there's going to be a couple of Panthers games on TV, or at least the other team will show them so I can watch them, but... This is the new season, the very exciting new Florida Panthers and Flyers season. Uh, But, focus on the Panthers here today, and we're going to start by talking about some things that are going to be a little different for this show. Firstly, you're noticing the date that this is releasing, which is a Thursday. Starting from now on, every other Thursday, it's going to be a Y Hockey Day. We're going to now, after many years of just recording whenever we felt like it, not really great to building up a podcast audience. So this year, we promise you, to the best of our abilities, every other Thursday will be a Y Hockey Day. We were
1: honest with the periodical part.
0: Yeah, we were definitely honest with the periodical part, although that's been around for forever. But every other week, I think, is fair. We aren't overextending ourselves to the point where uh, we don't have to yell at the Panthers every week. Uh, Hopefully, if they get good, we can change that down the line. But every other week... Starting from now, there will be a Why Hockey podcast in yours. There will be one other podcast every month as well, which will be some sort of interview, uh, whether it be with media, whether it be hockey folks like Analytics or somebody else like that. There will be three podcasts a month now. Uh, the main shows will be Tommy, O'Brien, and myself. And if we need to add more down the line, Lord willing we do, we will do that. But we'll start with one every other week. So this is basically our training camp type preview the next time we do a show a main show it will be more of the full season preview we'll talk more about other teams at that time so we're going to give you a consistent schedule you also heard there's intro music that's new for the first time ever the show has intro music and it's
1: free isn't it great it's it's something it's I'm relative something. to the other options in the free library link you gave me yes it's great it's <laughs> fantastic
0: Musicarchive.org, everybody Well, I had to do a good read up on the copyright stuff from that just to figure out what podcast music I could use because I had ideas and then realized probably don't want to get sued. So this is a good way of fixing one of those problems. And I do not have any musical skill whatsoever. So, uh, yeah, you don't want me composing music. So, you
1: know, the old management just stole their music.
0: (laughs) Well, I'm very worried about getting sued. So maybe it's because I have less than no money. But yes, there is new intro music, which is spectacular, and we're really excited about that. I'm excited about it because it means you don't have to start this podcast by hearing our voices, which is kind of jarring.
1: Well, I wouldn't say jarring. I would say off-putting, maybe. But...
0: Okay, that works, too. And the other thing you'll notice about the shows is in the past, we've had Y-Hockey marathons. Literally, we'd go two and a half hours, which is just rambling. There are good thoughts in there, but it's rambling. We're going to try to do our best to cut the shows down a little bit.
1: It was mainly because we didn't want to edit them down. We were just lazy. Well,
0: I'm I'm definitely lazy, but that's okay. We have to admit it. The first step into fixing a problem is admitting you have one, and we're going to try now to tighten these podcasts up as much as we can, 90 minutes there or thereabouts.
1: As long as the Panthers tighten up their defensive play, I'm in. Very once, good. Once they unravel, I think we will too.
0: Uh, That's probably correct. Uh, so those are the things that... You should know off the top for the new Y-Hockey season. The Panthers are trying to come back and improve. We're trying to come back and improve. Maybe we'll do it more than they will. Hopefully they do it more than we do. That would be nice. Uh, Let's start the fact that we are now through the summer. We do not have the money to afford a cottage in northern Ontario like Bob McKenzie does. So, you know, we just did what we did. If you wanted to listen to us over the summer, by the way, I had a thing with Scott Wheeler when we talked about Alexia Boniemi and Panthers prospects. That's pretty evergreen. And something you should definitely listen to as we get ready for training camp. I want to start with this, this thought, by the way, when we talk about the Panthers. And I know you're not the biggest fan of other sports, particularly other teams in South Florida, but I'm thinking about it because that Dolphins game from last week is very much in my head where they are tanking so much that it's going to put Tim Murray to shame. Um, this is a, such a huge opportunity for the Panthers, right? It is a season in which they could absolutely take this market by storm. All they have to do is be competent, basically. The Heat are going to make the playoffs, but they can't win a title. The Dolphins are tanking in a way that no NFL team has ever tanked before. Nobody cares about the Marlins. The Miami Hurricanes are a joke. This is the time for the Florida Panthers. They've spent the money. Now they have to go out and prove it. And, uh, well, the evidence suggesting that they could prove it is probably not there. But this is a chance that they have, that, Lord willing, they will take.
1: All they have to do is make the playoffs and have one exciting game at home in the first four. I mean, that's really all they have to do uh, at a base level. And if they can't do that, I, I think you kind of have to look at the season negatively. Um, but I I can't see see them not making the playoffs just with the addition of... The coach. I think that makes a huge difference. I know in this day and age, there's a lot of how much does coaching really impact. Um, you know, a lot of the coaches are pretty similar when you when you get down to it, and I think that's true. But I think when you get to the ends, uh, you know, like the five five or so worst coaches and the five or so best coaches, I think there is you know that huge. There are, are some gains there when you go from the Panthers having you know. One of the worst coaches in the league to now having the best if not or one of the best if not the best coach that's a that's a big big gain and it has to be three wins and then that should be enough to to get into the playoffs or keep them right in the race all year long and you know give them a shot to grab it
0: well when you think about the last year and I was listening to some of the recaps right in two thousand and Uh, 19 recaps over the summer and I was thinking about some of the stats and it was, they blew like nine, what was it, third period leads, like when they had the lead entering the third period, they lost, they were and you saw the puck possession numbers right? based on period and how awful they were, like that's coaching, that's the first thing that Joel Quenville comes in and says we're not going to play the hockey equivalent of prevent defense in the third period suddenly you're better, and also if you expect goal tending to regress, which regression can go up or down. The Panthers had the second worst goaltending in the league last year and he signed Sergei Bobrovsky. You expect it to regress upward. And if they get a save, that means you probably get more points. So maybe if good goaltending is worth three wins over bad goaltending, right? and coaching is worth three wins, then that gets you 98 points. And 98 points gets you into the playoffs every single year in the National Hockey League.
1: Yeah, and and to be honest, I have written down on my paper, 98 points, wild card bubble, probably fourth in the division. Because so you have to remember, the issue with the wild card is you're probably fighting three, maybe four teams in the Metro and possibly another team in the Atlantic for two spots in the wild card if you're not able to keep up off the beginning, like through October, through November with the Bruins, the Leafs, and... um Tampa. Tampa, yeah. Why am I forgetting Tampa? They play them five times in a row to they, start the basically, season. Basically,
0: the, the new tradition for the Panthers is, oh, right, they have to start in Tampa.
1: It's not a bad idea from a pure marketing standpoint for Florida, both because it does build a rivalry, but on the other hand, for people who don't buy into that kind of stuff, it gives them a chance to go to a lot of games take a trip you know a family trip you know it's not that far if you're going to go to any other NHL game that's you know the only one that's drivable really um it, you know maybe Nashville if you want to really want to eke it out or, or Carolina but
0: we always talk about the start of the season and we'll get to the start of the season in just a bit I think this podcast is for us to talk about rosters, is to talk about players, it's to talk about systems, it's to talk about things like this and what we're looking for in the preseason. Yep. And I think for the first time in a while, you don't come in with oh my god, that's a huge problem. I mean, yes, there are problems on this roster and it's more with individual players as opposed to like, okay, that's a giant glaring hole that I don't think they can fill and that's nice. And we're going into a season realizing, you know what? Last year, they did a lot of things really well, even though they were bad. They couldn't defend. They had no goaltending. But you come into a season where they scored a billion goals. They had record-setting seasons for like four or five players, either personal or franchise. Jonathan Huberto is going to become the all-time leading Florida Panthers scorer in points by some point through this year, which is crazy, right? Jonathan Huber- and,
1: and well deserved and frankly i'm happy it's not somebody else because i mean just looking at the training camp just looking at the training camp uh roster you know like this is we the florida panthers have like an nhl team like you're seeing joe quimville out there in front of microphones wearing your logo you're seeing uh, you know guys winning vesna behind the net uh you have actual good prospects, you have good draft picks that are actually in, turned into people now. They're tar- turned into NHL stars, people who are going to all-star games, getting nominated for awards, and, and all that stuff, and winning awards.
0: on your own fan base at the NHL awards, in the case of our beautiful Finnish
1: boy. <laughs> oh yeah, Savior Sasha. That's um, yes, pretty much <laughs> You know, like, this is... Yeah, like you said, one of the only times you're heading into the season and it's not that oh shit or that pit in your stomach where you really have to fight for the optimism. You have to put on the rose tinted glasses. You have to, you know, do a lot of if if ifs, or you know, um, you have to rely on other teams to not do well. And I think this year, from the get go, everything's in their own hands. They have capable people at the helm, um, and it, they, they've seemed to be consistent. The people they're signing, whether the, the draft prospect, the drafted prospects they end up signing, the, the undrafted prospects they end up signing, the people they draft, um, you know, the guys they've been signing on contracts. You're getting back to a consistency where you can sort of expect what they're going to do. And the players can kind of expect what sort of system they'll be playing in um, because Quinville's not going anywhere. Um, And and I think the mindset they have in the front office, whether it's Talon, Pronger, Joyce, somebody else, um, it's going to continue in that same way. And just looking at the two images they tweeted for the training camp roster, it's got to be the best they've ever gone camp with. And that's still with a lot of career AHLer, or in-betweener fringe guys who, you know, um, aren't really NHL options. So.
0: It is amazing to think that this was a team that, you know, was a couple of years ago was in the position that it was in. And, again, it turns out that a lot of good Panthers seasons are accidents or lots of things went wrong for other teams so they could go right for the Panthers, but it doesn't really feel like it's going to go wrong for anybody else this year. The East is good. The Panthers have to play the three best teams in the National Hockey League a combined 12 times this year, and it doesn't feel like I'm going to go in dreading those games going, oh, they're going to get killed because that's not going to be the case, and the Panthers are respected by those teams, and they're going, you know, we, we have to, we're going to have to beat them. You know, I think you can tell anybody in Boston, Toronto, and Tampa that they're going to have to go through Florida at some point this year to get to where they want to go, and that's a good thing. Right. And that's a Yeah, thing that, I
1: mean, we, we still may be underdogs, but it's not David versus Goliath anymore. It's much, it, much closer.
0: It's a team that goes to a series thinking we might not get the respect that we deserve, but we know we can win it. And just having Joel Quenville offers that just instantly changes the, the paradigm in many ways. And we're going to talk about Quenville and systems in a bit, but I want to start with the players because we go in and there aren't major questions through this group but there are questions there are much better questions we've been asking in recent years like is Michael Haley going to play that's thankfully not a question we have right. to ask ourselves this year
1: right, and right we here.
0: can start by just talking I think we'll start with forwards I think that's fair but uh, I, I would, I would... you want to start from back to front
1: yeah back to front as a defenseman I always like to start with goalies you know okay. they're my well yeah. here's, here's we my Sergey
0: Bobrovsky question and it is an important question the Sergey Bobrovsky question I have is is, which kind of Bobrovsky do we see? Because we know... The healthy kind. Do you see playoff Bobrovsky, which was like last year in period two from game one on, he was locked in. And again, the idea of a Panthers-Lightning series would be great, because they'd have to see Bobrovsky again, and that would be terrifying, right? Right. And you have the question of, like, can he be not 920, 925, can he be 915? If he's a 9-15 goalie and his goals saved above average is reasonable, like, that's all the Panthers need. And if he plays 55 games of reasonable 9-15 goaltending, the Panthers are probably a playoff team. Like, it, it really doesn't come down to, well, Luongo has to do this, this, and this, and Reimer has to do this, this, and this. That's not a question anymore with Barofsky. And even though I wasn't a huge fan of the signing and they probably overpaid him, like, for right now, for what the position the Panthers are in, that's not a position they've been in since I can't even think, like prime Vokun maybe.
1: Nah, because I mean Vokun was still always leaky. Vokun like even at his best, Vokun was questionable. You know?
0: Cuz when you think about the the 2012 run, that was Theodore's last ride, right? He played I mean, really, you can really you
1: can well. if, if this would be like if the Panthers had uh, I mean, om- almost like if the Panthers had Vancouver Luongo or, you know, B- Beezer that one year. You know, like, this is... You were getting that good of goaltending, I think, from from Bob this year. I-, I mean, but I've always been a big Bob believer. When You know, as soon as the Flyers signed him, I dug in and I was a fan of his and I've been a believer in, hi- in him since. And... You know the the article the Athletic did on you know how he was how he trained and and how he's you know came back from injuries in the past and all this stuff and his mindset, his size and his athleticism, I mean and his resume. I, I don't think you there's any reason to doubt him. He's in a comfortable situation. He's going to have not any pressure, um, and you know, if what he was able to do in the playoffs on in that situation, in that contextual situation of Columbus, contract running out, who their coach was, how demanding he is, how um you know, how much relied how much pressure was built up on all those expiring contract players to deliver. Um, you know, there's bears that mentality that does he have the strength? I mean, because one thing I always said about Reimer, and at times, Luongo in seasons when it was kind of over and he was checking out a bit or if he was, you know, just playing through injury and being forced, you know, not forced, but, you know, they had no other goalies who were they going to play. You know, and he was just kind of letting in those those goals and uh, not really in it. I don't think you're going to get that. I think you have as close as you're going to get to a Hall of Fame goalie in his prime until Spencer Knight is in the pipes, we're told. So, um should be fun. Should, I mean, he, he plays 60 minutes of 60 games or, you know, 55, 55. games.
0: And, and then as I said, yeah. like, that's, that's the thing for the Panthers. They were, what was it, 896 team save percentage last year, which is, I mean, horrific, and only the Sharks were worse. Yep. If they get nine fifteen right from from Bob for fifty five games, that's playoff good. Because you're because with the I, I don't expect the Panthers' offense to necessarily be like as crazy hot as it was at times last year. But if you are nine fifteen save percentage team and the team in front of you is better because of structure, which is something that we'll get to with Quenville in a second, that complements everything you do and suddenly the Panthers become something very different.
1: And and think about the the goal tending that they had last year and where the Panthers issue was. It was with hanging their goalie out to dry. You're asking an often injured Luongo at forty something years old to make these huge stretching saves over and over and over again at a moment's notice, you know, because Matheson or some Eckblad or one of the defenses in the Andal's coughing up the puck at the hash marks in the D zone when everyone's going the other way. But Rofsky's always been the guy who's made those post-to-post stretching saves, you know, bailing out his team. Like, that's where he succeeds, and he has the ability to do that. You know, as long as he stays healthy, knock on wood. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I think he the, his goaltending style, and you could apply this to tonight too, who had to bail out a very risky, and and a very adventurous U.S. development team. You know that these guys play to the weaknesses of Matheson and Eckblad and Yandel and and the core as the defensive core as presently constructed um, you know if those things don't tighten up and there's a lot of odd man rushes there's a lot of turnovers you know they have a goalie who's good at muting the puck making the save and then muting the puck and you know between Luongo and Reimer I mean everything was a juicy rebounder in the net so Mm -hmm. it'll be it'll be much better
0: It's, it's fascinating to think about the Panthers having somebody like Bobrovsky and you could say yes the contract was overpay yes and is it going to be a problem in three four years yes but that's a problem that you worry about in three four years you don't worry about it right now
1: yeah you got to get Bobrovsky I mean you got to get Barkov to sign on the dotted line and, and, and
0: and and we might have been too guilty of framing it in this Barkov perspective but listen Barkov's the best player the Panthers have ever had and when he gets a chance to re-sign a new contract, he's going to be making actual McDavid money. So you need to make sure that he wants to be here, and you want to give him the chance to say, yes, I, I feel like I can win here. Because that's all that the hockey players want to do, no matter where they are. And you have to have a goalie that can do that. Because Alexander Barkov, no matter his superpowers, can't keep pucks out of the net. He can only do so much. And again, you know, also having another Russian in the room definitely helps. There's, no, yeah. there's nothing wrong with that. We but but about... even Whoa, even
1: beyond Bobrovsky, like I lo- like they brought in Philip Desroy or DeRozers. I mean my friend, yeah, my French I'm, is a little off. Uh uh-huh. But I'm also a am also a Raymakers fan. I think you know he's got some talent. Um, and obviously Montembeau, I'm still a big believer in Montembeau, and uh, there
0: are other people you know, out there who are not. But the Panthers have done what we asked them to do make and the backup. He earned the chance yep. to be a backup, yep. right? And-
1: 100%. And, and Reimer lost the confidence of the players in front of him. And at the end of the day, no matter what stat you want to throw out, what, what you want to say about Reimer's personality or how well liked he is as a person and, and all that stuff, the way the players were playing on the ice in front of him showed that they were scared and nervous and they couldn't play and focus on their jobs with Reimer on the ice. That's what I took away from the last two years. And last year, by the end of the year, it was pretty evident to the fact that they didn't really want to play Reimer <laughs> to, at certain points, you know? And, and they, they were giving Buffalo him the...
0: And we, yeah. They basically had to. And when he played, when he wasn't getting pulled in the first period because Bob Boogner's system was so terrible, which happened in that one game against Montreal... Uh, he was fine. There was, I mean, there's a lot of things that were wrong with that yeah. team. Yeah, it allowed the
1: skaters on the ice to worry about take worrying about taking chances, thinking thinking about what was happening on the ice, and not always worrying in the back of their mind, like oh, hesitating, oh, should I jump here? Should I pinch because we got, you know, butterball back in that.
0: Well, I think for for me, if Montbeau can be fine, like if he's good. If you look at Corey Snyder's charts... Ten
1: wins. Ten if, wins. If,
0: if he plays 25 games and he gives you decent enough numbers, you're going to be fine. The only thing that I ask of, of Sam Montembeau is to be good enough to where the coaches do not have to play Bobrovsky every single night like you see with Frederick Anderson. And that could be the undoing of the Toronto Maple Leafs is they've got no backup, right? right. Because we're, we're in a league now where the Stars have a basically... and the Bruins have 50-32, right? And the Lightning could have something like that too, right? The best teams in the National Hockey League have a backup that they trust, and a backup that they do not mind playing on the second end of a back-to-back, or if they need to, because they'll get him the saves. And that's what Montembeau has to become, right? And even if it's not for this team, because Spencer Knight's there, I mean, he's going to be unprotected in the expansion draft. Maybe the Seattle Easter eggs will want him. Like there's also that too. I don't think he's thinking about that right now, but that's the thing that's come up in my head. And as long as Malmo, yeah. as I said, but they have
1: is, they have goalies. They have multiple goalies this which year. They have never. I mean, like I'm not. Happened. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I don't think Chris Driedger is, is really anything. Um, you know, besides a minor league guy, you can throw up and down the ECHL and AC and but AHL. They
0: technically uh, have an affiliate this year in the ECHL. Well, they're splitting it with somebody, but.
1: Yeah, who who is it? Um, because Manchester folded, so they're
0: not Manchester. I believe it's like
1: a you. it's like the Swamp Bunnies or something. I think it's the Greenville crazy.
0: Swamp Rabbits, who my friend yeah. announces for.
1: Yeah, good stuff.
0: There you go. So you can see Chris Dreger for the Greenville Swamp Rabbits.
1: So we'll we'll have to have your your friend on who announces for Who's them. That
0: probably. I, I don't know. It's possible. Um.
1: Patrick Bykov probably playing for him this year or something. Oh so boy. You know, there'll be, there'll be some names we can talk about. Have some I some think so.
0: Um, the other thing I think would you say it for Mombo for is if he can just give you 25 to 28 games of decent backup quality goaltending, Panthers are fine. Because you yeah. also want to make sure that Bobrovsky is ready for the playoffs. Because that's the, that's the one thing that happened What's with Lewandowski in 15-16 is he played too much. He just played too many games. Every was, year. Fr- well, yeah. But it's, it's the thing with Frederick Anderson. There's no other better example. And Hellebuck down the stretch last year for the Jets. It was the only thing that kept the Leafs from beating the Bruins is Anderson looked tired. And if the Panthers can avoid that with Bobrovsky, I think they've got a pretty decent chance. And now let's go to the defense in front of him. It's Tommy really Cross, changing.
1: shout out. Who? Westminster Marlet, Tommy Cross. Oh,
0: yeah, right, your boy. Yep. Oh, by the way, and, and Gustav Norman, Tommy who, Cross. Is, uh, who is Ludwig Byström by another name. <laughs> I, I, you, this you, is his attempt. This
1: is his attempt to get better ice time.
0: Yeah, go from the Wild, who are awful, to the Panthers, who are slightly less awful. I guess I don't know. Oh, the Wilds. It's a shame they fired Paul Fenton and his lizard references. That was a. That was such a shame.
1: Yeah, but think about it. I mean, with how many Swedish defensemen the Wild have, he was just stuck behind numbers. Any other team, he'd automatically move up. So.
0: Yeah could be, a, could be a- I mean like
1: the pan- I mean looking at the Panthers they have 19 defensemen coming to camp Josh Brown nah, Tommy Cross that's your AHL vet to play your big minutes whatever yeah um Mekoshin, we'll see what happens with him but that could be a Colby Warback situation in 3 weeks oh, boy. Uh, Mark Pissick, same thing Ethan Prow was a studded Wilkes-Barre Scranton last year, but he's also a 1992 birth year, so...
0: He's not a prospect. He's an AHL Yeah,
1: he's whatever. You got Dylan McPherson, Will Lockhead are, meh, possibly possibly AHLers. Uh, Jake Massey, possibly an AHLer. So it's really, I mean, you got... You do have a good handful of defensemen. There's two spots open. Sixth and seventh defenseman, I think. You got, I guess, Josh Brown gone for it, but to me, he's just non-existent.
0: I, um, I And I know when you read stories that say the Panthers like him, you cringe a little, but if he's your sixth defenseman not as bad as it could be. Anyway.
1: I mean, if he if he's your seventh defenseman, I'll live. If he's your sixth defenseman, I'm well, going to be on the podcast talking about it every night because he's going to be fucking awful. Well, like okay. he's not good at hockey. He's not at an NHL level. He can't. He just is not at the NHL level. He's okay. a worse Eric Goodbranson
0: uh well, Eric Goodbranson wasn't that awful with the Penguins. He says while mm. swallowing a lot of saliva yeah anyway I wouldn't be
1: that bad with the penguins
0: uh can we let's talk about firstly let's talk about before we get to Pesic and other things, I want to start by talking about we pretty much know the top two pairs because we, it has been said by everybody that anton Stroman's th- going to play with Mike Matheson, yes mm. I mean, they I mean that's that. the
1: thing. I've been seeing, I've been seeing a lot of people putting Strawman with Ekblad, and Strawman's a righty, so he's not going to be playing the left side. And for whatever reason, I would love to see Ekblad on the left side, but they they're not putting him there. One, it'd be good for his reach on the poke check because his top hand's on the left side coming down the wall would be great, but they don't understand that potentially as whatever. Well, maybe uh, my kitchen does. Yeah, maybe. I, I mean, I think it's going to be Matheson or Yandel with Ekblad. And then you what have... It
0: looks like it's Yandel.
1: And then you have Strawman and whoever the other person is on your second pair.
0: Which looks like it's Matheson. So, it's,
1: so it's, they need to decide who they think's going to do better with Ekblad versus... Or like who needs Strawman more.
0: I think right now the way they have it is probably fine, and I don't think yeah. this is going to be Jack Capuano who won't change the defense pairs. I don't think Joel Quenville is going to have an oh, issue yeah. changing the defense pairs.
1: Which yeah, is- I mean, we should at least see three or four pair changes by Thanksgiving. Which uh, is, you know, it's just fine. for like a couple games. Yeah. It's just like, fine. you know, whether it's just mixing up the second and third pair or whatever. Yeah.
0: I. I, and you know what? I don't know how often we saw Matheson and Weger last year, but based on the numbers that we saw from Mackenzie Weger, I wouldn't mind seeing it because Mackenzie Weger is actually really good. <laughs> like yeah. if, you, if you go on hockey visit, you look up Mackenzie Weger's numbers. It's shocking how good he was defensively on a team that couldn't stop anything. And maybe we're going overboard on the Mackenzie Weger love fest on this show. It's quite possible but I, I feel like that's at, if, Florida's
1: if, fault for not getting better defensemen.
0: Well, if you look at the Hockey Viz page, or if you go to Evolving Hockey and you look at that RAPM tool and you compare him to any number of, I think I compared him to Brandon Carlo and it was like, wow, really? Was Uyghur really that good? I mean, we we liked him and I was just looking at his numbers going, That's crazy. But the thing is yeah, about but that looking
1: at his age, that could be his best statistical season. He could never could get back be, to it. It so, could be, but I mean that I mean I, I think, mean, think he tops out maybe as a number four, but, but on a playoff crazy. team going deep into the play. I mean I think he's the third pair defenseman. But you I mean, need I those think you it. need yes, solid sure.
0: guys who can do that and be like I'm gonna put you out here in this situation, and I know you're gonna do what you're asked to do, and you're going to do it well. If Mackenzie Weegars that in the NHL, I think a lot of people would be very okay with that.
1: Absolutely. But but what uh, we- so I mean I've and then they have you know I'm excited to see how long uh, Vladdy stays around. Their second round pick, the defenseman, Kolytchanov.
0: Khanok.
1: I mean I think he'll they'll send him back with most of the. When they have, whenever they send Noel back, they'll send him back. But there's no reason for either of those players to make the team. No. Um, but it'll be interesting to see him. But I have you know, keeper Berman, McCoshin, Stillman, Pissick, and Shemtich. I guess you throw Brown in there too, for like the last three, two to three spots.
0: Because I think they're gonna go fourteen and seven.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think they with how with the Brower invite, I think they have to.
0: I there's just too many good forwards at this point. Um, I think, when we'll, we'll, I want to focus on Matheson for a second because I think if there's anybody in the decor that is the player that's going to get singled out the most this year, it's probably going to be him because last year was. So oh, I think awful.
1: there's going to be a steady a steady chance to make it Anton Stallman by a certain vocal. Oh,
0: oh, I All bet right. there will be and. I think that for us who have watched the Panthers long enough, I think that Joel Quenville, if you can get Anton Strawman to just be solid, if unspectacular, just enough to let Mag Matheson do a better version of what he does, then that works in my. Purposes. He
1: just has to get open for a DDD pass when Matheson's under pressure, and you're better than Pisick. Like you just have to be like a paying attention and moving your feet. That's all you have to do to beat what the support. Matheson was getting And right I sure. think
0: that That's something that Anton Strawman can do And listen I've seen his numbers I've seen all of the stats I understand why He's getting dinged It's completely Understandable But for me If Anton Strawman Is your fourth defenseman And he's asked Basically to babysit Mike Matheson At this point I don't think that's The right term But basically It's what's happening If he can do that Well enough Enough to make Mike Matheson Accentuate what he's Good at The few things That he's good at Then he's successful even if his possession numbers don't look great, and even if better teams pick on him a little bit, for the large majority of the season, Anton is there to help improve Ekblad and Matheson. That's what he's there for. He's there to balance yeah. that out. And why he might he not be the best option at it for the Panthers. He's a better to had, babysitter than, better.
1: than Yandel, who was the babysitter last year.
0: But Yandel, here's the thing. Yandel can't do that because he's not the defensive defenseman. Right.
1: which is what happened last year. And there that, you go.
0: And that's why they signed Strawman, and that's why I understood it, even though the contract was a little bit much.
1: And even and the Jake Gardner he, thing, you know, that the, you can't is com,
0: kind of defensive. Yeah,
1: Apples Strauman. to oranges, and if they traded Matheson short, maybe they would have signed Gardner, but there's no PP time for Gardner. No. Um, Strawman picks up... Strawman picks up penalty kill time. Strawman's a righty, Gardner's a lefty. Strawman isn't a Rover. He's supposed to mentor and calm down the Rovers. And Gardner is a Rover. So it just wasn't going to her.
0: Jake Gardner is too much like Ekblad, Yandel, and Matheson. They're puck rushers. And we've talked about that repeatedly. If there's anything you've taken away from the Y Hockey podcast is our distinction of defensemen. And Gardner is basically the other guys. And the Panthers didn't need another one of them. And that's why they were never going to sign Gardner. And I understand why you would have wanted to.
1: But so had, let's go ahead. Let's let's move to Well, I want to talk who's, about who is going to be fighting. Uh
0: yeah, but for me it, the the, the Pesic question I think is the open one right now and it's it's on our minds because of the trade rumors surrounding Justin Falk and George Richards wrote about this in his Athletic Mailbag is and the guy who asked the question, whose name Chris G, it was not Tommy K although I think it was. Uh, when does Mark Pessett get traded? Because you know, they, they will have enough cap space to fill out the opening night roster, but George Richards calls him uh, a luxury player. And because of that 2.75 cap hit, the 3.5 salary, um, I think that, for me, because Mackenzie Weger does what you're asking Mark Pesic to do better, right, don't you think that it makes sense to trade Pesic because what he is, is a right-handed deal on a reasonable cap hit, Everybody in the league needs right-handed D, right? And for yeah, all that the, it's the North, thing is worth Josh Brown how... is right-handed D. So, yeah. l- like, if you trade Pesek, you get your cap space. You perhaps get a really good draft pick and a prospect. But the cap space is important because the number. Falk's thing...
1: getting Andre Kasha apparently, so ah. you could get. Some, you might be able to work something out. I well, mean, would you take the, the or big? Pesic?
0: That's another question, I guess. Uh.
1: Honestly, Pesic probably just because I'd have to play him less because Falk's pretty vocal about ice time needs. And that and that that's the next thing is how much is Pissick going to be fine with rotating out? Because if post if if Pissick makes the the team past training camp and stuff, they're gonna have enough good defensemen, and I think Kitchen and and Quinville are going to be rotating them. Um, just because if we talk that's the top four that they're gonna be pretty much sticking with, you're gonna have to get whether it's Berman, McCosh and Keeper, Stillman, Shemtich, one of those guys, you're gonna have to get them a lot of ice, you're gonna have to get, you know, them ice time or there's no reason for them to sit up there. Yeah. I mean I guess that's I guess if they really think Pissick's gonna play every game, Josh Brown's your number seven. Um which, but if which, they
0: which is fine, but but here's the thing. If you're going to keep Pesic, which I I don't think they should do, like, why? Because I know, here's what I do For the trade Uh, deadline? Because the trade deadline is this, is if you have the cap space at the trade deadline, (laughs) the number one need, I think that they would say, is defensemen. I think that that's where they're going because as it stands, and this obviously could change, they have so much depth at forward that somebody could emerge and be better and basically be like, okay, we're set at forward, Right? I right. think that if you trade Pesek, you have the cap space to then go out and say, "Hey, is there a D available that we can get?" Yeah, to and ride you with? need
1: to accrue that cap space on a daily basis. So it makes sense to trade them earlier in the year rather than later in the yeah, year. Yeah,
0: and 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 I mean, the draft picks are useful because you can flip it and get something else, right?
1: Yeah, doesn't and that
0: make sense? Like that's why. To I be can...
1: fair, they need more prospects and stuff i know they're just ranked 15th overall by prime prominent and that's an improvement i know they had a good draft by you know a, a good enough draft by the draft rankings and everything but you're looking at the d and the forwards on this list and it's just a lot of like fringe players like the d are all like danny surrett's likable productive junior players but like you know reference
0: danny surrett
1: yeah dude look how many 510 511 like just six foot like you know handsy lunch pail type mentality forwards and d they have that played in some junior circuit somewhere that they have some data for and they have some scouting notes from that they're betting on you know like that's
0: See, they don't, well,
1: you said, they, like, they could, could use their
0: best defensive prospect. They thing. could
1: use like a, they could use like somebody's second or third B rated center prospect for Pissick. Cause I, I mean, you definitely I mean, get it. Yeah. Like, you know, not to just jump in the Fords and, and leave the D too much, but
0: well, we basically I'll say this, it. that
1: Ethan Prow is your, is your Jacob McDonald candidate, obviously. Yeah. Um, so there's your wild card on D, who we didn't talk about, who could maybe make the team. I think Keeper, Berman, McCosh, Stillman are the real contenders. I, I like Shemtich. After the draft, he had a really good camp and almost made the team uh, before he broke his arm, or you know at least stayed with the team and got a couple games of action. I don't know if he would have made the team, but... Um, before he broke his arm. So I think he could ha- put together another good camp, and I like the player, and uh, I think he's the type of D they could use. But, you know, Ethan Prowl is the only other name I could think of, think of there.
0: Yeah, I mean, for me, it's, 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 it's just a matter of the numbers game. And when you can get de- semi-decent guys with no cap hit as opposed to Pesek, And George Richards saying he feels like a luxury player and we know what happens when George said something feels like that could mean a trade is something they're thinking about, which is.
1: Yeah, you're going to have to basically wait for somebody to have a D hurt in training camp expedition games first week or two. And it's like I said, it's how long will Pissick, how long will Pissick or Makoshin, or some of these D. Sit there without playing, whoever it is, before asking to get traded, like Colby Rovback or somebody like that. You know or, what I mean? Like
0: or, or or Petrovich.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think Pissing might be willing to stick it out till the trade deadline just because you know he's making good money and he lives in a nice area, he owns a home, and you know. Yeah,
0: I, I know. And all the guys went to his wedding. Anyway, uh, that's D. But I want to say just the last thing with this is Matheson. Wars. What is the baseline for Matheson this year before we move on to forwards? What is the baseline for Mike? Just
1: have his head out of his ass, to be honest with you. I mean, like, there's just a lot of times where he looked overwhelmed, unprepared, like something. He just didn't have the focus, the, the competitive look that we've seen him have at BC, seen him have at the World Championship, seen him have, you know, for a handful of games at times in the NHL. Um, and I hope he gets back to it because he's a fantastic skating skater and you're hoping it's not the skating blinding you. You're hoping it's not the skating and the athleticism and the nice personality making you think that there's more there because you know how many, I, I mean, I'm a Philadelphia guy. I I've seen so many defensemen have the good post draft years but they just can't transition to the top. Are
0: you saying is Mike Matheson?
1: No, 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 no. I'm talking like Ryan Parent, Braden Coburn, okay. like, you know, Freddie Meyer. I mean, there's Dennis Seidenberg, I guess, you know, is a little, is the better version of those. But, um, you know, like there's been Lucas Pisa. I mean, there's been so many defensemen that come in, they do this well. They do this well. Oh, they're so they're new age. They they really are good with the puck and all this stuff. And then they just fizzle out because they can't handle the grind. Whether it's the you know it's the physicality, whether it's the amount of games, whether it's how intense the games are and how little time you have, and how quick you have to make decisions and how un- unrelenting it is when you turn over the puck and how much harder you have to work. Um all, and and, it, it was a competing
0: cycle. Yeah. Oh, and you're not here.
1: and there's no one behind you but a goalie when your goaltending sucks, there's no one behind you. Yeah. So you know, it's and he was getting into a lot of the you know the psych coaches and and this sports psychoanalysis and all this stuff. I mean, maybe he overdid it. and I, He, he had,
0: said it, it, that he was in his own head last year.
1: Yeah, and, and I saw that coming from a mile away, just like I saw the Lawson Krauss bus coming from a mile away. <laughs> oh, boy. Just, you know, like, uh, I just, yeah, I think he just needs to get back to being instinctual, playing hockey, having a partner who gives him support, and not being asked to be a shutdown guy, not being asked to be an offensive stalwart, uh, just – Ask to go out there and have a good game. Play to your play to what is the ice they give you. If they give you ice to skate, skate. If they give you a pass, make the pass. If they don't give you any of that, just get it to your partner, or get it, you know, just get it to the center cutting or up the wall to water the wingers, you know? Right. Exactly. I think every time he got on the ice, he tried to change the game. And when you're not doing well, it doesn't work out. And when you're thinking about it all the time, it sometimes compounds it. And the talent's there, and you, this is when they start this year and next year. Hope maybe he'll get a next year. Uh, but I think, you know, the next two years are big for him and his career, to, for him to kind of show people at his age whether the potential is – are like he built upon that potential or if it's going to just fizzle out because he's running out of real estate. And as good as he is, his contract isn't um, – super enticing to all 30 teams
0: because, 31 right, of because there's a team out there that would always love a defenseman like that called the Edmonton Oilers
1: <laughs> yeah I mean pretty much they're like is he going to be a top four defenseman or is he going to turn into a Braden Coburn is he going to turn into worse than that a Ryan Parent like is he gonna be a utility defenseman like Coburn or is he gonna you know but is he
0: gonna turn into well who's a guy who could play off I, I think
1: I think I think you know, number one defenseman. We thought he could possibly turn into our first pair of defenseman, is probably off the table. I'm not sure he's going to be an all star, um, but uh, if he could if just he, be a second pair of defenseman, yeah. If he's if he's
0: fine with that, I think that is like, something you want to say because because we yeah. know he's good. He improved in the Tom Rowe year. Like he's got talent, so it's just a matter of, and that's why you signed Strawman, and that's why you have Mike Kitchen. And Joel Quenville to simplify things. And that's what hopefully ends up being the story. So now we could get on to forwards, which is a lot more fun, right? Yeah, and
1: I hope, I hope Ekblad worked on his skating and his leg and ankle strength. Um, yeah. Because that's kind, of, you know, that's kind of been a drag. So I hope he used the offseason to, to get better on that. All right, does. now onto the forwards. Yeah, okay. So I want to start
0: with just briefly in the top line because you know what it's going to be. I don't think that Barkov and Huberto necessarily need to score 92 and 96 points, respectively, right? They don't need
1: to, but they probably will.
0: They they might, but as long if they're going to be a point-of-game player, probably. Both yeah, of them. Yeah. And Danoff's going to do what he does. I don't think that, as I said, they're going to do what they did a year ago, but that's basically what you think. If they're healthy, that's the baseline. Because, I mean... Barkov was great. He wasn't great defensively last year, Barkov. I think having, you know. He
1: was. The team was just too much to handle. Yeah, I mean, I, and like, like and, and, the and, fact and, that he was a minus three is kind of good.
0: Well, you know I don't mean, I mean. that doesn't really. I mean, his possession numbers were marginal, and he wasn't that bad in terms of his defensive things. And it's just, if you're the best on a bad bunch, you know. But he was scoring 96 points. He was, he was awesome. He was Jonathan fine. Huberto was just, I mean, last year Huberto was disgustingly good. Like, that's what... When you I'm
1: more see, concerned about the second line,
0: though. Well, the, everybody's concerned about the second line. And this because is you, player, got,
1: this is you got Mike Hoffman, and then... And,
0: and here's the thing. We have to talk about Vincent Trocek. Because we, I always go into these offseasons thinking about, okay, what's the player that needs to do something, right? Because last year, the Panthers had a historically great offense by their standards, and Vincent Trocek had a terrible year. He wasn't healthy. Obviously, he had that ankle injury.
1: He but was bad before the ankle injury.
0: This is also true. He had a very rough season before the injury. He had a very rough season afterwards. The most important thing, what is then Joel Quinville going to say to Vincent Trocek? Because you know the potential there. You know he's going to skate around. Same
1: thing play. with Matheson. It, it, Just play within yourself. Take the ice they give you. You don't have to take over every shift. You don't have to carry your line or your partner up and down the ice you don't you like you just need to focus on your role stay in your lane sort of you know just do just do that move what the puck it, a little more them, stop know? taking shots three feet into the zone on an, on a rush you know those types of things so then
0: what does Joel Quenville go into to Vincent Trocek and he speaks to them what does he say
1: he says, I'm putting you on a line with two shooters. I need you to work your ass off to get the puck back. And when you get the puck, you're taking three strides, giving it to him, and crashing the net. Just get back to basics. If he can do that, Hoffman and Vetrano or something, or Hoffman and Tippett or whatever, will will do enough. And they can skate up and down the ice fast enough to, to help him out, you know, back-checking and all that stuff. But you so- tell him, don't go... On- going to you know like don't try to get caught in the corners just play you know maybe a low F3 um and just get get the puck to your shooters get your puck to the wingers and just play you a simple think that Vincent
0: check plays like his strengths are suited if he because he is gonna play with two shooters like he's gonna play with two
1: shooters. no his his strength is to play with a guy like Patrick Kane like a winger like that like a winger who wants to be a center because he's not a center so he's a he's a puck hog as a center you can't be a puck go- as a center. doesn't work. Ask Chris Graham.
0: Yeah. <laughs> wow. That's interesting. Well, wasn't expecting you yeah, I mean, to hear that today.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, it's... hes a, He can be a good third-line... He can be a a, a good enough second-line center and a really good third-line center and not change his game whatsoever. But if he wants to be, you know, a top-end second-line center... He's gotta change the game. If not, he's gonna end up being a really good top six winger, which is also fine. I mean, I'm not saying trade him or anything, but he's earning his money. He's not on you know, he just needs to adapt to the team.
0: So who do you think then is the incumbent for that right wing on the second line? If you're asking me right now Well it's Brett Connolly?
1: No, I think Conn I mean I think Connolly's on the third line with Borgstrom and uh, Tippett to start the year because um, I mean he's basically the guy who's gonna keep them calm, get the pucks, give it to them, play defense, hang back, be the dad. Because you, you can't. I mean, you have to have a dad on the ice if Borgstrom and Tippett are on there together. And
0: is, I guess true. So that, would that mean Vetrano then is your is your, yeah, dad, I have, is your second line winger.
1: Yeah, I mean I don't I think Vetrano and Hoffman play both wings, so you know, Hoffman's a lefty, Vetrano's a righty, so do you want to put them both on their strong wings? Do you want to put them both on their off wings? How do you want to do that? Um I I think they'd probably both be on their off wings, so Vetrano on the left, Hoffman on the right, but who knows?
0: Well, well, well you you want Hoffman on that, you know, obviously, right circle, cannon blast a shot. That's the power play. Yeah. But I like, right. I I could see that. I could see Connolly being there. You know, I think. I mean goal, that. I mean, like it. It is open, and I think that if there's any spot for the Panthers this year that's going to change a lot, it's probably that.
1: I mean, to be honest, this is just me talking. My first line. I mean, I, I go into camp with Borchom as the second line center. Because you,
0: you've always been on Trocheck as a winger.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you know, and I just.
0: You've always been on that and and i think maybe one day it's not going to i mean maybe
1: now. maybe you roll Trocek through camp as a center cuz you need more centers in camp and they'll be fine but i'd probably start the season i would i would give borgstrom dadinov and Hoffman, and i would just have 11 16 and 21
0: I, I know it's it's such a i mean if any coach would try it maybe joe kleinville would try it if Trocek's really struggling like I think that that could yeah because
1: work. between Hoffman and 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 Dadinoff, you have two guys who take care of the puck who, you know, specifically play fi- you know who like... play very good team hockey, um. You know, so, so I think so be fine. if
0: if we're going based on though not what you want to happen but what we think it's going to happen so you're going to go with Trocheck Hoffman and Vitrano then as line two. Yeah,
1: and I think I think Tippett makes the team. No matter what, to start the year because I, I think they're treating it as do or die. He's mm-hmm. either made the team by Thanksgiving or we're trading him in a package to get a defenseman or something. Because, yeah, yeah I mean, what? you have denisanko you have Hapo Niemi, you have Noel. They're all ex- exceeding draft expectations and they're all top six wingers. Yep. Um, and you know
0: somebody would think for Tippett, oh, okay, we could get something yeah. out of them. I
1: mean, let's be honest. What has Tippett done? What has Tippett done? It took him a while to make the Canada World Junior team as an 11th overall pick. That's not good. He hasn't hit 40 goals since he was drafted. That's not good. And he, he last year, I think the last two years, he hasn't go, He maybe went up one point or he went down, in a, down a point. He's kind of stalled. Yeah, he's been working on other parts of his game and everything, but it's not like he's not putting up a hundred points in junior like Vincent Trocek. He's putting up seventy something, you know. Like it's he's not hitting forty goals. He's putting up seventy points in junior as a double overager. He looked good in the playoffs, but like there's still a lot of work.
0: Been, he would have been, been a
1: project. If, if he's he still a complementary player at eleventh yeah. overall. You know, if you can get something for him. Like, if you can get somebody you think is a top-four defenseman or if you can get, like, a first-round pick, like, a late first-round pick, I don't know why you wouldn't do it. If there's if there's any player who needs
0: 100% the, um, you know, like, if you're a Canadian junior player, you can't play in the AHL until you're 20, Tippett would have been good at the AHL last year just to have him play there, even if it wouldn't have been, you know. Yeah, because, it's, I mean, better a junior.
1: Like he's, he, he doesn't raise his level of play he kind of rises to the competition so if they stuck him in the AHL I think he would have done a little better but he kind of just got kind of sat around I mean I don't want to say it like that but he wasn't as dominant as he should have been he didn't look as good in you know world junior and all this stuff as he should have I mean, he could always
0: improve now that he's in this particular area, right? Like yeah, for sure.
1: But I think he has. They're gonna. They're he, he's gonna be one of the 14 to start. Start the team is my thoughts because he has to make the team, and if he's not making the team, they're gonna move him because there's no use wasting a spot in the AHL when there's other guys they have to play.
0: So would you say then? Well, would you your your third line's Connolly, Borgstrom, and Tippett?
1: Yeah, that's what I have Is you know, that's my one I quickly jotted down, sure. Well, that makes the
0: most sense, uh, as far as I can see, because, I mean, here, well, well then what are your expectations for Borgstrom this year? Because last year, I mean, we agree, Borg, uh, he was used terribly by Booger. It just was horrific. Joel Quinville's not going to do that. Joel Quinville obviously sees something in him. The Panthers really believe in him. Uh, I are think there... the, the line mates, again, you got kind of not the best possession players. We don't really know what tip it is. But like Borgstrom, like how do you think he was going to fit in with those two kinds of players?
1: I mean, that's the, the the thing with Borgstrom is unless he's on the first line, he's not going to play with players he needs to play with on this team. I mean, like I said, you could give him second line with Dadnov and Hoffman and I think you're there. But he needs guys who are very intuitive that play more read and react and not staying in their lanes. And I think by the time you get to the third line, you get a lot of players who are up and down the boards on the wings, like Brett Connolly, um, and you know Owen Tippett as a rookie. You know what we see in the NHL is more of that up and down the boards, not um, you know because Borchom's just going to be for the main main part freestyling, so he's going to be. Roaming, he's going to be popping in and out. He's going to be all over the place, and if they're not leaving their lanes to fill the ice, he's leaving open. They're just not going to work. Mm-hmm. So that's tough. I mean, Borg the use of Borgstrom by Quinville early on is, other than Matheson, the biggest thing for me. This this season to make the playoffs, he's, I think he
0: is. I don't think he has to be amazing for the Panthers to make the playoffs. No, but, but he's got to he drive
1: is. a line, whether it's the third line, second line. Yeah. he needs to drive it, and if he's not driving a line, it better be because he's on the first line. But you know, he there's no reason he shouldn't be able to drive a line, a uh, second and third line. He should be roughly 200 pounds. I saw a picture of him. I don't know if he's there, but he he needs to be that big and uh he needs to you know physically intellectually and with his and putting the puck in the net he needs to affect the game you know he needs to affect the game with his size he needs to affect the game with his creativity with his um you know his intelligence his IQ and he needs to i think get 30 points hopefully 40
0: if he can you get know, that moving like, up and he... down he, to me, is, is kind of an X factor. It's like, if he plays to what we know he plays as, then the Panthers' ceiling goes up. Like, he doesn't have to be a superstar for the Panthers to make the playoffs, but the better he is, obviously, the better overall the team is, right? Absolutely. Like, that's, I, and there is potential. And the good thing is, is that Joel Quenville, I think, knows how to, to coach these players. Because he has a lot. He's had a lot I of I hope so. Career. I hope so,
1: but I think you know I'm I'm just looking for Borgstrom to be settle, to be settled as a third third line center over the first twenty some games, and then I think they got to move him up because, frankly, and I'm not trying to put any pressure, there he's a ninety seven, so he just turned 22. 22 a month ago, and he hasn't really played in the NHL, got minutes.
0: Well, again, so he's he got a NHL last year, which was stupid, and he played when he had to. And Bob Uecker didn't. The
1: longer he stays outside the top six, the less likely he is to become a top six player in his prime. So you got to, if he's shown that he can play as a third line center, you got to move him up, and that mean might mean moving Trocheck down and having a balanced three line attack. I mean, they I'm moved Hoffman. Down. You know, they moved Hoffman down last year for, for a good bit, and it wasn't a bad thing. So I think well, we know they, that they might year, have to do some of that They're not going to re-sign
0: Mike Hoffman. They're just not going to. If they're going to re-sign anybody, it's going to be yeah. Dadnoff. So yeah, yeah. we will see. And fourth line, hey, there's no Michael Haley on it. I would think that your fourth line going into the season is probably uh, – it's going to be Achari, Howerluck, and Malgan. I think that's probably what it's going to be. Which is
1: fun. yeah, and then Sevier Brower as your extras. That's what I have as well. I, I think, think you know
0: Sevier could be traded. I still think Sevier could be traded. I,
1: I think, think so as well, to, but he could but, be traded. Yeah, I, and I think Malgin should definitely get a should definitely get some games under center, because I think you're going to have whether whether it's Brower, whether it's I mean, and maybe maybe let should start with that. They need to rotate they're forwards they're gonna have 14 forwards there needs to be there needs to be what five guys playing on the fourth line yeah you know regularly all year you can't just do it at the end of the year and give them time you got to kind of keep them fresh all year because of injuries because of everything and then that takes me into the next part i i think heppo and noel should not make the team there's no need to I would um,
0: say here's where I say, Noel. I 100% agree with you. But if there's anybody who can make this team, and I like, think there's n- them no
1: Heponeami could be no reason, no reason for him to start the year. Make him put up 20 points in 20 games in the AHL. Make him do that. There's no reason to put someone that is maybe 160 pounds. When when you when where would you play him?
0: See that's, that's if, the
1: other—that's the other question. Because he'd probably like be playing Boogner bottom six.
0: Play. It's not like Bob Booger who would definitely play him on the fourth line. and would be terrible. Like I just, oh boy, like I can't, I can't. Yeah, like it's hard for he me to fit. To, he has
1: to—he has to come into a top six role, so he has to be ready to go.
0: And there isn't a top six role for him right now. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, I've. I mean, at worst, you'd have to put him on the third line, which means you can't have it Hepo Nami Borgstrom Tippet on the third line. No. So you'd have to move. You'd have to do some shuffling around and everything. So you, when you bring him up, and you bring him up, you don't want him to go back down. So I'm all for make him put up 30 and 30 in the AHL, um, and maybe he's your big trade deadline acquisition and stuff. Yeah. Because you need him peaking at the right time. You don't need him peaking. In November, if Heponeami is going to play on the team, you need him peaking down the stretch run when maybe you're resting some of your other players, or so they can nurse back the injuries before the playoffs. In February, March, you know, you can give these guys a, a decent amount of ice time.
0: I, I actually, the more that you say it, the more I kind of agree with you, and I think that the Panthers fan base is going to be pushing hard for Heponeami to make the team. And yeah as I soon
1: as think, he puts up like a multiple point game yeah or if he
0: does it in the national TV game in a week from now uh that could be a thing but I actually you know yeah. what I agree with you like I legit, and uh, and
1: it's not that he can't play hockey it's not that he's not talented it's but not that like for the someone at his platform, side right but it's if you're that small and you get jolted like if you you're not you know you're Let's looking back for a pass and by, you get stepped know. up Let's,
0: you're getting hit by who do the panthers play early in the season they play i don't know the islanders they play
1: right. the you don't early in the you season? don't need you need him to get 30 40 games under his belt before you can risk huge injury and i know ahl is crazy too and everything but the game is not as fast things happen a lot slower and there's a lot more open ice in the ahl than the nhl So that will give him time to take the next progressive step, and it'll be fine. You've got to think long-term with them, especially when we're talking about these forwards where we at least got five, six good top six forwards. Mm -hmm. We have, you know, we're talking about Tippett probably being, maybe not having a spot on the team uh, in a spot where he can succeed. He might be pushed down to, like, that seventh, eighth forward on the team, if not even lower. Um,
0: do you think Owen Tippett could end up being the second line right wing? Absolutely,
1: but... yeah. I mean, it, it's chemistry. It's it's how is Trocek is playing and who's the Trocek...
0: player? Yeah?
1: yeah, but who does – but that's the thing. Who does Trocek – who is Trocek going to be willing to pass to? Who is Trocek going to k- gel with enough to not want to do everything on his own? Yeah. because if if Trude, if Tippett's is not getting touches on the puck if Tippett's not doing anything there's no point he should be in the AHL whether yeah, you're trading him or keeping right. him or anything you're
0: kind of right so let's let's say for argument's sake because we've talked about perhaps trading Colton Sevier right because just for cap reasons and yeah. if basically Nolachari is taking his job so like if you're talking about trading severe and let's say for hypothetical sake that happens and they do add troy brower who li- listen we all assume it's probably going to happen but it's a pto it's a yep. one year nothing yep. deal and if he's no. not playing every night it's fine like who right. would be that that other forward
1: right that's that's the issue and that's the next thing like there's their hl team's better and everything but there's a lot of names on here that remind me of a lot of guys that I've been asking for them to churn out for a while and then there's still some of those same guys that have been asking to churn out. Like there's a lot of five something, you know tryhards on this on this <laughs> <laughs> you know you're
0: not a fan of Dominic Toninato?
1: I mean, yeah, and Adam I mean like yeah, I mean it'll be fine. It'll be fine, but well, there's not – like who's that, like, who's going to steal a spot? Who's going to steal a spot? It's
0: going to be – it would be Hepponiemi or Noel. It would basically be those two.
1: I mean, if the ghost of Kevin Wall shows up.
0: Well, he played in the NHL before. Like, right, it, yeah. It wouldn't be awful, but it's not like somebody I would be like, yeah, I, he has to play.
1: Yeah, I mean, I could see Hunt. You know, you're you're in the Hunt area, maybe maybe a Jonathan Ang, maybe a Cliff Poo. But I just can't you know, see that. Like,
0: maybe the the Hessek so the, is the, the guy two, who, okay,
1: The two on. that are the wild cards are Rodrigo Abols, who's played professional in Sweden, and is a 96, so he's kind of at the age where it's time to give him a shot. And Sebastian Repo, who's on this camp roster and is apparently coming back. So... Make Those are two, you know, I could see Sebastian Repo taking a spot from Sevier or taking a spot so they don't sign Brouwer because, yeah. you know, I could see it be Rodrigo Abuls, the Latvian who sounds like he's from Spain and is yeah. played in Sweden.
0: Yes, very well. But I, I think that but when you look at it now, if, if they don't trade Sevier, as I, as I said, I think you're right about um, Happy Niemi going to the – the the A I think he'll play at Springfield. You just yeah. hope that uh, our friend Jordy Kinnear gives him what he needs, which is minutes. Yeah. Um, and Sarah Noel, jeez, oh, what is it? His draft plus, it's his draft plus two.
1: Yeah, I'd send him back. I think I, mean, I think no. you're probably right about that. Because you basically like, I, let's, see, I if can AHL, so let's I, see if you can I'd get a hundred.
0: See if you can get hundred points. To
1: yeah. Send him back. Let's see if you can get a hundred points. Go for it. Mm-hmm.
0: I could I could agree with that, um, so I mean. But then they
1: have you know just a bunch of Jonathan Mat- Matsumatsu, you know.
0: Yeah, of course. So like you think about that group.
1: Jake Horton, uh, Joel Lowry. Yeah, I know. Paul Thompson is showing up for camp.
0: Your favorite, Paul Thompson. I know. Uh, so. These guys
1: are all way better hockey than I could even imagine. But
0: I know. I know.
1: Yeah, I'm not. I I'm not trying imagine. to.
0: So, so then, but there's
1: there is not many, you know. It's the prospects are bust really for the forwards. So that's why I think that's why I think Tippett's almost a default because where's the pressure coming from? It's coming from a guy who's probably fourth line or the extra body, you know. Or Dryden or Hunt's not
0: balling out basically. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Dryden Hunt's. I don't. I think Dryden Hunt maybe the the one guy you could say or, or Howarlock that could push for third line time, but you know. If Paul Thompson's making it, if Matt Martin Sue's making it, if Adam Rockwood or Liam Picario are making it, Jonathan Ang, they're they're making it as fourth liners or extra bodies. True. Anthony Greco, you know, they're not making it as third liners. Prospect. And I think that's Anthony why. Greco. Oh
0: god. I know, right?
1: I I think yeah, I think that there's a lot of people who work for the Florida Panthers that need to just cool it. If if uh,
0: if you're older than 22, you're not really a prospect anymore.
1: Yeah. And, uh, you know, when when guys show up at the hockey rink and are taking, you know, practice one-timers and stuff, that's not crazy crazy cool stuff that's not uh, you know yeah,
0: well you know it is what you I know, think when you got to go down to uh when, it's when
1: you when it. a bunch of pro athletes get together on the ice they do things that look really awesome to the average fan but that's because they're pro athletes they do it all the time
0: so like uh, the question then i'll ask is do you think Sevier then gets traded at after camp because i could see it happening but it seems less likely than pesic but
1: i mean yeah i mean i don't think they make any moves until they get through camp and see what injuries are If I'm being honest with you, because some, but they actually have a full camp last year. I was talking about how it seemed a little light as far as bodies and, and the, you know, like they had two you know, the amount of guys we're talking about who are competing for a roster spot to actually get a full-time NHL roster, roster spot, those, that was about the amount of people who were fighting for roster spots and call up spots. Yeah, you know, last year. So they definitely improved. Like there's, you know, a lot of call-ups. They, I could see them having, and guys who wouldn't be bad call-ups. You know, guys who are just, you know, talking about the Anthony Greco's, the Repos, the bulls the Poos, the Angs, the Bykoff's. Mm-hmm. You know, they're. Uh, I, I like Bykoff more than most, but I don't think he has the feet for it. So probably not him, but. But even others. though
0: you look at it. If you go even with the fourteen that you said, that's one of the best groups of Panthers forwards ever.
1: Oh, for sure. I mean, the bar
0: is low, but still.
1: People and and you know, I know a lot of people like some of the the teams that made the playoffs before, but those teams definitely overachieved. They're on paper. On paper, this is. I mean, look
0: at that twenty twelve roster, and come on, (laughs)
1: like
0: that's hilarious. And this is the best part. Roster is funny.
1: Yeah, and this yeah. is the best part of the year because you can kind of...
0: Talk yourself into whatever you want.
1: Well, yeah, and like, you know, unless you're, unless you're at, the team on paper is enough. The team on paper is enough. Pretty oh, soon okay. it won't be, and I'll be bitching and complaining, saying I this know. team needs to get a lot better because, hey, we do need to get a lot better if we want to win a cup with uh, Barkov. I won't go so far to say that we're nowhere near being competitive in the next oh, couple of years for a Stanley Cup, like some oh, other people oh, may oh, say, but... Um, That's you know a this team's
0: tweet on a podcast
1: that there's so much, there's a lot this team can do, and there's a lot that can be done to this team to take it to the next level, and it's really about three to four people executing on their jobs and doing what they haven't done in the last year or two, and then the people they brought in doing what they were brought in to do you know so I wanna, I wanna Brett Connolly just has to be marginally better. Brett Connolly just has to be marginally better than um
0: what he replaced
1: yeah, which wasn't much um and you know so the charge just has to be better than Derek McKenzie. No, It's not that hard
0: should should we talk about coaching with joel Quenville I think just briefly talking about just what he does systemically like what you're gonna see a lot to a less
1: ahead. you're gonna see a lot less. Three pucks.
0: Well, the thing when the
1: Florida Panthers what made have the puck, really
0: excited was if there was any team that he wants his team to play like he said the Bruins, and right. that's a pretty good team to model yourself after, because yeah. they're not the fastest team in the world, but they possess the puck really well. They dominate the offensive zone. They're patient with it, and they do generate a lot of offense. And they're not irresponsible defensively. Right. Like, this isn't going to be the Leafs and the Lightning running up and down the ice and, like, like you know, running you into the ground. It's going to be a different version of, of that. But if Joel Quenville could get the Panthers to play anything like the Bruins, then, you know, the Bruins made the Stanley Cup final. So, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that.
1: Yeah. I mean, but like Ken, Ken, Ken Matheson, Trocek, Borgstrom, Quenville, Bob, Kitchen, well, what about
0: that? Well, what about that? Well, specialty teams. Do remember, it. for the end of his Blackhawks tenure, some of that could be rosters, some of that could be other things, but the specialty teams in Chicago got iffy. I'm not worried about the special teams.
1: I don't think it was McFarland.
0: Well, okay, can I say the one thing that I think for the Panthers? Uh, that would be the power play. Um, well, remember, if you go back and you listen to that Corey Snyder podcast from February, and I asked him about his passing data for the power play, and I asked him, does anything stand out for the Panthers? And he basically said no, which... Again, I haven't seen that data. I don't know how to interpret that data. But just from the eye test, right, doesn't it seem like the Panthers' power play being good was just really good players
1: executing at a really high level? Yeah, but that's... I mean, for the most part, that's what all the power plays are that you that you can count on and that are good year to year and don't just have good years, then bad years, good years, then bad years. Like, if you look at the Flyers... It's because they had top-end power-play personnel and a schema that fit that personnel, and they executed. Same so, with the Panthers. I mean, Panthers.
0: Farland's Leafs power play is probably going to be pretty good because he's got a lot of players to work with. If that is right, yeah. smarter.
1: Yeah. yeah, it's you just kind of you have to know when to get out of the way. You have to know how to set it up for the talent on there, because, and like, you got to get Bartok's enough, enough leash from your head in front of
0: the net. The entire time this year, as he was last year. I mean, that part of that's just because you know you've got Yandel as your quarterback. Oh Mike God. Hoffman sets up in the right circle for one timers.
1: Well, if Barkov's not the quarterback, that's the issue. That right there, Yandel can get the puck in the zone, but once the puck set up in the zone, the play starts with Barkov. Barkov's the quarterback, and, and I think, and I think maybe, you have to start. I know who's running
0: the power play is Andrew Burnett, by the way.
1: Okay. Yeah. I he forgot he? he was on the bench. I he totally. He on the
0: bench. Did you think it was Kevin Dean?
1: No, I mean I I thought it was like. I I mean I could name about a hundred different Nashville Predator X forwards that <laughs> had about the same talent level. But no, Rockland? no, and like Andrew, I always didn't mind Andrew Burnett as a player. I think he has enough credentials to speak with authority on the subject and be heard by the by the players. Who
0: NHL score in his day, all things considered?
1: I mean, yeah. I mean, he put up – I have to think, but, I mean, I, I bet you he hit 500 points.
0: Let's take a look at that because we have the Wikipedia machine to answer that question for you. Da-da-da-da-da. He had 733 NHL you points go. on 1,110 games. games.
1: So, uh, well, first of all, it's big to note that NHL players – Care more about games played than points, especially when they're amongst each other. So the uh, the eleven 1, hundred over eleven 1, hundred NHL games played that speaks a lot. That they're gonna that's something that they'll get behind. And um, you know, seven hundred points. I mean,
0: once he made it to the NHL, he just was a consistent player. He so let's see seven three three. Yeah, it was pretty consistent.
1: by 11, 10 times oh,
0: delete that. I think that that's well, times
1: okay. 82 because he played a lot of full seasons
0: it's a lot of good games that he played <laughs> he was in the wilds front an office and then Joel Quenville brought him out because he played for the Blackhawks that, his final NHL season so again I can't see that it's going to be that bad for him he's 46 still fairly young by coaching standards right
1: I mean, for the former players, the Panthers usually hire to do hockey things. This is great. <laughs> <laughs> <What> <laughs> this a, credit, this resume is great.
0: Well, what a what and a standard that is. Well, and I it guess probably I'm helps that the McCabe. closest
1: he got to the the closest he uh, this I would say this career is a little better than Brian McCabe's. But okay, fine. I wasn't a big Brian McCabe fan. Well,
0: Brian McCabe. I'm still not the a Panthers?
1: big Brian McCabe fan. Still not a big Brian McCabe fan, but
0: so. So, as you say, I think that that's pretty much, unless there's anything else that you wanted to get to in terms of the roster, in terms of coaching.
1: No, I think, you know, what they're going to play is a much more cohesive behind-the-puck style. So they're not going to be pressing at the limits of the offensive zone. Not, there's not going to be a lot of expanding and contracting um, of of you know the box or whatever shape they you know the players make that you want to call it. Um, mm-hmm. I think there's going to be a lot more. We get the puck, we're going to keep the puck, so we're making decisions to keep the puck. We're not making decisions to get up the ice as quick as possible. I think that was one of the issues. They were getting the puck and moving it up or skating up the ice as quick as they could with we need to get this puck in the offensive zone as quickly as possible that was their main goal i think now whether you're a winger center defenseman your main goal is how do i protect this puck how do i move it whether it's forward sideways you know whatever where's the safest teammate to move this puck to and if it's not there how can i take ice until a teammate gets open I think that's a much different philosophy of puck management and style of play, and it might slow the game down and it might have less excitement and you're going to get less odd-man rushes, but you're going to give up a lot less odd-man rushes. You're going to give up a lot less exciting well, well, play in your own the end. The
0: Panthers did in 15-16 under Gallant, when Barkov, Yager, and Uberto took the ice. They just cycled to death. It was three minutes, and they kept teams spinning like tops.
1: I don't think they're going to go that far. I think the way Quinville – what Quinville does matches that Gallant style and that – I guess you want to call it the Pittsburgh Penguins-Sullivan, you know, Sullivan style where they were up the ice and a lot of quick play and, and just attack, attack, attack. And then you have the Gallant style of let's wear them down. I think, you know, it's going to be a mixture of that. So instead of trying to wear them down over the course of the game, they're going to try to wear you down on a shift.
0: That's what I'm talking about. And I I think that's... Long shifts, because there's nobody in the league better at that, right? Than Barkoff. Like...
1: I don't think so. Not at this moment.
0: Because, like, like, that's the thing. Like, that's the one thing with Bugner that I got so frustrated with, is that the Panthers never wanted to cycle. They never wanted to wear you down. And they had the players the giant, you know, hulking masses of players that could wear you down. And that top line's really great for if you put on Trocek, who's fast, right? Then it, it's a good combination. And that's what I think the Panthers need to have. And I think they might get it with Joel Quenville. Their, their four lines have to play somewhat differently. Like you can't be the same thing over and over again, right? And I think that's what Quenville wants. He likes lines. I don't
1: know if that's anymore. allowed, Matt. I don't oh, know if that's not allowed. allowed
0: anymore to have lines yeah. for things.
1: Yeah, no. Nope. That's oh. what – I mean, that's what the last three years of Florida hockey taught me.
0: Oh, okay. I
1: was doing a bit. I know. It's, it's early in the season.
0: Well, our bits will it's... get better, trust me. But I think that – but don't you think that that's kind of what Quenville wants it to be? Like, everybody playing to the same principles but doing slightly different things and being there to, you know, execute on slightly different areas – Like, that just seems like what Quenville wants, and that's kind of, if you remember those Blackhawks teams, that's kind of what they did. I mean, we don't have the fourth line that we used to, which was just goons, but, like, you know. I think Joel Quenville's really going to like Jace Howerluck. That's a thing I think is going to
1: happen. I think so, too. I think he's one of the 14.
0: Oh, I think he's not Uh just a 14. I think he's an opening night fourth line guy, and I think he's a guy that we might complain plays too much, but Joel Quenville's going to love him.
1: It really depends, Kenny. Can, he, can he, if he can either get his hands faster or slow his game down to keep up, so his hands don't I think fumble and bobble the puck as much?
0: Is a little bit slower. It's not like up and yeah. down pace, pace, pace. I think that might help him.
1: You ain't wrong. You ain't wrong.
0: But he, hey, it's better than Michael Haley.
1: So, so you're you're on that ninety-eight point.
0: I think if I look at it right, now, card bubble. If, if I'm saying card. it, if I have to look at it right now, and things could change, Tampa, Toronto, Boston are going to be the top three in the Atlantic. There's just no way that it isn't going to be that. The Metro's wide open, but I, I mean, Washington's going to win the division probably. I mean, Pittsburgh's going to be there. I, I mean, Carolina, you just you love what they're doing, right? You have to love it, other than James Reimer. Uh, I I think that it's just like if they're right now, if I had to say it on September 11th, 2019, the Florida Panthers would be the first wildcard team in my view. That's that's where I think that they would be. And if that means that they play Washington in the first round, good enough for me. That's just where I mean, like I could be persuaded otherwise. But yeah, I think they like could like beat
1: their, Washington too. So yeah.
0: Like I mean, well, as yeah. I said, like I'd love them to play Tampa in the first round, but I think that they're probably better than. Are they better than Montreal in your estimation? I think they're better than Montreal. Yeah. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah.
0: yeah. Are they better than? I don't know. Like who else? As long
1: with play? a healthy Bob, they're better than. They're with a healthy Bob, they're at least fourth in the division.
0: Yeah, I don't think and, – and the other thing that there is then is, like, well, who else could they be better than in the, in the, in the Metro? Are they better yeah. than, like
1: – Well, it's, it's how much better are the Flyers, Islanders, Hurricanes –
0: Like, Carolina, be, to me – and we'll get into this in a couple of weeks. Don't want to – They
1: don't have goalies. I think, th- I, don't, I think they're paper tiger.
0: You do? I mean, I've been thinking about that. The Rangers – I mean, did you see that Capo Caco goal?
1: Yeah, but that's that's not – I'm I'm not worried about I, – I don't think Well, – I'm not mean, worried I, about the Rangers. Well, we I, I think, think that they
0: can make the playoffs.
1: I don't – you know, the Devils probably as much as the Islanders can make a run if oh, I things don't think go the Devils,
0: well. I think the Devils are being oversold to me. I really do. Well, it mean, depends
1: what Corey Schneider shows up.
0: Well, or Mackenzie Blackwood, but I just, I just don't are, – are they better on paper than Florida? They're not better on paper. No,
1: no, but I think they're going to be – well, that's the other thing is – being of different divisions there's different points up for grabs and there's if they have a the lot panthers of if they have a lot of in division
0: each other right and the which panthers has a lot of
1: overtime a lot of three points a lot of yeah so in the 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 panthers are either losing points or gaining points in division you know they i i don't think they're you know i it's it's tough it's tough to always picture out i i think It's going to come down to how good those other division teams are, and that's something Panthers can't control. I mean,
0: but what they can do in Detroit are going to be garbage.
1: What they can do is start off strong because if you start off strong, I think they have a shot of a division spot and a secured playoff. And and I'm not talking about start off good enough. I think to make the playoffs, they have to start off good. They have to. Can they get on a streak early? Can they put in a lot of work early? and build that lead because one, you know, like they said, after the first 20 games, there's not too, too much movement in the playoff spots. So if you can get that division seat playoff spot in the first 20, 25 games and hang in there, you know, you, you're doing yourself a huge service. And then the front office can play around with all right, what well, cap space, what can we do to, to bolster this team? And everything's good. Let's start let's off good. Start, Everyone's oh, happy. I, New I coaches feel feeling comfortable. Here. Start off bad. Everyone's nervous. New coaches, new players feeling terrible.
0: I I will, again, remind you of what this Panther season is to start. It's at Tampa, home versus Tampa, home against Carolina, at Buffalo, at Islanders, at Devils, versus Avs, at Preds, versus Penguins, at Flames, at Oilers, at Canucks, at Avs. That's their first month. If they are anywhere near respectable, And normally they aren't in October, but if they are good, I mean, they could even be like a game above 500 and they'd probably be fine. Because what happens when they come home, they have a bajillion home games. Like, as I said, they, there's a stretch. I think I remember saying it was 18 of 26 at home in November and December. And the one thing that the Panthers have been actually pretty good at in recent years is winning at home they actually been a pretty if they, good home
1: if they're, in, if they're in contention and they're playing good hockey by that home stretch, and you think that they'd be able to put up a decent crowd or at least a vocal crowd?
0: Well, like, I mean, like, the, the game that is going to tell me, I don't think there's any one game that's going to say a lot, but, like, what does this team look like on that Western Canadian swing, which is normally a lot later in the year, and this year it's in October? What did they look like on that swing? Do they, like, really put stuff together on this trip? If they can do that, then that might tell me a lot, right? Like, because... Would be nice. Because, like, the first, like, the big, like, the first... Maybe, like, when you get... Because, like, some of those home games in in November are interesting. Like, you get the Capitals, you get the Rangers on a Saturday night. Maybe Maybe that's the first game where I'm going to go, like, okay now y'all need to you need to step up because you know what a rangers game is like in sunrise especially on a saturday night so you know like that's going to be the impressive thing yeah i agree so that is the we'll be
1: back when there's uh when there's a team to talk about yeah, when there that's
0: two weeks and cuts. a reminder that the preseason schedule if you didn't know what the preseason schedule was because i didn't I haven't been paying attention. Their first games, they have a split squad at Nashville on the 16th. They have back-to-back games against Montreal. One of them is that Kraft Hockeyville game in Bathurst in New Brunswick. Uh, Should be cool. That'll be on NHL Network. Then they play at Montreal. Then they play at Dallas. By the time we get to you, they will have played one of their three preseason games against the Tampa Bay Lightning. (laughs) They're going to play the Lightning five straight games.
1: It's going to be like a playoff series. I know. Oh, we we'll okay, would a, um,
0: how great would a Panthers lightning playoff series be It
1: would be great but they just need to get through he- camp healthy have the guys step up into the roles they're supposed to and uh we'll see how it goes from there um, right. but yep a lot of things to be excited about but you know they have to deliver it's time to deliver it we got absolutely. 3 years time to go
0: and it is there it is there is no better time than the present so that is The first Why Hockey podcast of the brand new season. And look at that. We're just at about 92 minutes.
1: Good night. Good hockey.
0: We kept our promises. You're very right. uh, Our old friend from the spectrum. Good night and good hockey.